Hello, Don't Ask TIG listeners. TIG here. Before I get started with my guest, I just wanted to share something that happened when I was traveling from uh, New York to Los Angeles. I was at the airport and they were calling the, um, you know, it's first class and then comfort plus and then coach. And I got in line for my boarding group. And then there is this suspicious guy that appeared to my right that was trying to, in the chaos of boarding, wedge himself in right before me. And I just, (laughs) I was like, "Uh, excuse, I mean, I didn't say anything because I really didn't want to have a conversation about this, but I, I definitely gave him a glance that said, excuse me, but he kept trying to inch his way in and like somehow get ahead of me. And I know in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, he gets on right before me, no big deal, but it's annoying. It's so annoying. And if you're out there doing that, or that was you, and maybe it was you hoping I would talk about it on my podcast, well, guess what? Your wish came true because it was annoying and I'm talking about it on my podcast. Should I have said something to him or should I just give him that look of like, you, oh gosh, and then just inch up in front of him? Uh, no, you don't. That, it's so stupid, but he wasn't there. He wasn't in line with the rest of us. And he was acting like he was, yeah, he's looking at his phone. He's moving his suitcase. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just is jumping to the front of the line. He's wedging. No, you're not. No, you're not. All right. Well, I just wanted to share that since we all know each other so well at this point. Now on with the show. Hi, Mike Berbiglia. Hi, <laughs> Dick <Tara. laughs> It's so funny to start a show, like to try and get a show started and have all the technical stuff yeah. and not really talk to your friend who's on Zoom. And no, I know. I'm still getting myself situated over here. We haven't started. This isn't... Uh, oh, this isn't real. Or maybe we have. I mean, we'll see how good this is. Well, this is, is gold. I think Yeah, this is it feels like maybe sure. we have started. <laughs> well, that's the thing about you and me. Even when what we're talking about is so boring, it's gold. It's boring gold. (laughs) (laughs) It's boring gold. We are not alone and nobody is hopeless. Everybody goes to shit. We got a friend in Tig. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Don't Ask. Tig, I'm Tig Notaro, giving the advice you should never have asked for in the first place. You know my guest today from his roles on Orange is the New Black and Billions. He has a podcast called Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out. He also has not one, but four comedy specials streaming (laughs) on Netflix. Mike Birbiglia, my dear friend, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love this show. It's weird when you're on the show that you love. 
It is weird. Uh, and you have a tremendous show. Yours is so fun. And people listening now should go to Working It Out. Yeah, workingitoutpod.com. Yeah. Mike, you gave advice in the New York Times a while back mm-hmm. about making it in Hollywood. and That article was called Six Tips for Making It Small in Hollywood. The advice that you gave for hopeful comedians, writers, and filmmakers was maybe quit. Yeah, yeah. And and, and actually, um, the main thrust of that six tips is um, if you want to create or be a writer or be a director, create. Just create. Mm-hmm. Just start. Mm-hmm. You know, any number of books, The Artist's Way, Bird mm-hmm. by Bird by Anne Lamott. Uh, there's one by Mary Carr called The Art of Memoir. I mean, there's so many resources towards like, yeah. How do you create a ritual of writing mm-hmm. every day, working every day? If there's anything I can teach anyone or give them advice, it's basically if you want to create, create, get earnest feedback, learn mm-hmm. from your mistakes, and then keep creating. And I'm, you know, I'm 42 uh, years old now, and I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I still do that. It's the same. It's the same as yeah. when I started 20 something years ago. And so, where does the uh, maybe quit fall in? I think the maybe quit, I forget the the order of it, but it's basically mm-hmm. like, if you don't want to do that, maybe mm-hmm. quit, because that's yeah. sort of part of it. Right. Maybe it's not for you, you know? Like, in other words, like, like I feel like there's a, there's a sense sometimes when you talk to people who want to get into show business or make movies or whatever it is, that um, sometimes people have it in their head, I just have to do this. And then you say, okay, well, you should do it. And they're like, well... I don't know if I want to do it. You're like, okay, yeah. maybe quit. Yeah, they don't want to do what it takes to actually do yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for almost 25 years. Same. <laughs> and I'm I'm still doing it. Yeah. And I'm still starting over in different areas and with new projects. And it's a long road. It's a fun, interesting road, but it's hard. Yeah. And and it takes real commitment. But I would say when it's the thing you want to do, you don't look back over the 25 years and go, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't feel that way, yeah. even though it was hard and it was focused and it was – I feel like it's what – was happening at what should have been happening. It's the only thing that could have been happening yeah. for me. And now I'm here, but and I still have more to go, hopefully. Yeah. And, but it's it's a trek. It never becomes easy. No, but it's it's always interesting. It's always interesting. It's always, yeah. And, uh, there's boring, and I love what I do. There's boring gold around every corner. There sure is. <laughs> and sometimes there's exciting gold. <laughs> I had one that was fun where I dropped my daughter off at a little musical camp and I was with some of the other parents and we all went to this cafe and I got a coffee and it's early in the morning and I'm bleary eyed, tired and I'm, uh, and I'm about to drink my first sip of coffee and I look up and a bird poops <laughs> into my <laughs> eye. And to, to be clear from like probably 20, 30 feet up, any any solid or even partially solid liquid material from 30 feet in the air hurts. But when it is yeah. bird poop, it hurts 
in a spiritual, <laughs> deep spiritual way. And my friend Rob is one of the dads. He looks over and he goes, he knows I'm a comedian. He goes, uh, it's good material. And I was, I, I said, Rob, I still have the poop in my eye. You know, comedy is tragedy plus <laughs> right. time, but like a little more time. Yeah. Yeah, a little more time. And, and you know, I have to say this guy was right. But a lot of times the person that says that's good material is wrong. That's right. That's true, too. Very, very oftentimes there are people that will be around a comedian that are wanting so desperately to be the one that points out the funny thing yes. that will be in your in your bit next. Yes. So that's going to go into your – That's your uh, shtick. That's that. Uh, that's good for a that? sitcom. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you should write yeah. that down. Huh? Yep. What do you think of our family? We're crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it and it's rarely uh, on target. But this guy, he knew when that he poop knew. went into your eye. Yeah, yeah. That's that's golden. That's golden boring. Boring no, yeah. golden. Boring gold or boring versus gold. I think exciting gold. Yeah, that was exciting gold. Right in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting gold. <laughs> it was. It was exciting gold. Well, Mike, you know, we, we've officially arrived at that part of the show where we try to solve my listeners' problems. As we start, it's important that you know, it's not even important, but I'm just going to let you know that the first question comes from Norway. Oh. All the way from Norway. No kidding. By a person... Who wishes to be called Norway? Okay. All right. Hello, Norway. No- yeah, Norway writes, I have inherited a boonot, which is a national costume from my grandmother who passed away. I really want one of those. And man, they are pricey, about 6000 bucks. But here's the problem. My grandmother was kind of evil, and I haven't had any contact with her the last 15 years. What should I do about this national costume? I feel like it needs some sort of exorcism if I'm going to keep it. Did Norway receive the costume yet? It seems like it hasn't arrived yet, but that they know that they, they are getting it. I think one one way to approach it would be to do something in the costume mm-hmm. that is the antithesis of what the grandmother would do that has a oh. more po- more positive spin and more positive mm. create a more positive energy with the costume. So like for example, uh if Norway couldn't stand the grandmother because uh she said mean things about Norway, let's say that Norway could wear the costume and go around for a day and give people compliments all day unsolicited. That's incredible. Do you know what a boonod is it boonod boonod <laughs> looks like? I, I don't. No, no. That would be the interesting thing. Is if yeah. it's really <laughs> funny looking or scary looking? Yes. Then Norway might, you know, be pulled off the public streets. Oh, that uh, could be. And yeah. that would be a whole other energy. That would be a whole other <laughs> But it would be Norway's own energy. Of course. It would make it very personal. I mean, we could do – do you know how to do an exorcism? No, but I, I feel like I could do a look at a how-to YouTube video and get a sense of it. 
Well, what if you didn't have time and you just were going to do it right now on this podcast? What What do you think in your mind? Because I'm trying to think, could we do an exorcism for Norway? Okay. Uh, um, but I don't really know what exorcisms are like. So one way we could do it is that I could pay you a compliment. Uh-huh. Um, and then give it some kind of a sound effect to go with it. So it would have a little bit of a surreal quality to it. Okay. Okay, sure. Like, 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 Tig, I respect you so much because I think you are brave. What was that word? Brave. (laughs) I stretched it out to give it an exercising quality. Okay. Um, should I do one to sure. you? Yeah, why not? Um, Mike, I really appreciate you because I think you are tremendously thoughtful. Oh my gosh, I enjoyed that so much. <laughs> that hurt my throat. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you think we're helping Norway or just helping ourselves? Should we do no, no. one for Norway? For, for Norway. I would say, okay, um, Norway, I appreciate you because you're open to receiving help. Norway, I hope this helps. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Are, is that anything like an exorcism? I don't know. I was just trying to, for memories of movies yeah, with exorcisms, okay. trying to like, yeah, just dress it up a bit. That's a good podcast, Memories of Exorcisms. <laughs> Norway, that's what Mike and I think you should do is um, put on the outfit, go be positive. And if all else fails, you know, worst case scenario, go. Go sell that thing. Make some scratch. <laughs> Make some scratch. Yeah. Give, it to, give it to charity, no less. That'd but, be a good vibe. Give the cash. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you if you donate that outfit, whatever yeah. it is, to charity, they might be like, thanks a lot. Um, Mike, don't go anywhere. We we're just getting started and we'll return with more questions after the break. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hello. 
Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we are back with more questions, Mike. This next one comes from Nicole. Nicole writes, I really don't want to be rude when folks ask me for money while I'm walking down the street, but I often fumble with what to say. Sorry doesn't sound right. Same when I'm asked to sign a petition or whatever it may be, but I'm just not in the mood. I figured you might have a phrase or two in your back pocket. How can I still be warm and friendly while not stopping to engage? Well, I struggle with that as well. You know, it might be a good time to check in with yourself and think, can I help the world in certain ways, even if it's not financially? Could I um, donate my time to this or could I um, drop off my grandmother's evil uh, costume? Uh, to some <laughs> charity or, you know, and that way, because um, I know for myself when I don't have time or or money, when I'm asked something, what I try to be able to do is, oh, I give my time to this or I've, you know, given my whatever it is, my time or my money to some sort of organization or I'm – you know what I'm talking about, Mike? That I think you can- absolutely. I think that that that's one of the things that I've uh, I shifted towards in in the uh, in the last year is that with my podcast, I created a section called "Working It Out for a Cause," where each week the guest chooses a nonprofit that I will donate money to, and we link to it in the show notes. And it's actually opened my eyes to so many organizations who you who your friends respect and then you look into them and, and then you respect and you right. support. So that's that's like one way to try to sort of like you're saying sort of like holistically bring it into your consciousness. For sure. And um it's funny cuz one time I was um out of town and when I got back in town I, I and this is going to sound like it makes no sense. And why am I telling this story? But I, I don't like giving high fives. Like, <laughs> um, and, uh, and Stephanie isn't really into high fives yeah. either. And, you know, even pre pandemic, just like the hand touching and the, yeah. I just, uh, it's a skip. And so that's the good thing that's come out of the pandemic is the handshaking and the high fiving. Yeah. And I think is to a minimum, I can touch an elbow here or there, but um, one time when I came back in town after being gone for a couple of weeks, I was walking down the street with Stephanie and this woman that was on the sidewalk 
said to Stephanie, and I don't know if I can really quite convey how ridiculous <laughs> this situation was, but we're walking down the sidewalk. This woman says, hey, Steph. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this woman going, who is this? Because not only does she know my wife, but she's calling her Steph. Yeah, sure. Steph, hey. So is this, how are the kids? Where are the, where are the boys? Is this the wife? And, uh, and right when we were walking past her, she high fives Stephanie, and uh, and Stephanie is turning, saying, "Yeah, this is this is," and 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 I wa- and I wave and we go by, and she was one of those people that wants you to sign a petition, and Stephanie, I found out while I was out of town, got cornered by this woman, signed up, signed a petition, Amazing. donated money. Oh my god! And um and I I was immediately like, "Who are you? Where?" Oh How gosh. long have I been gone? This woman <laughs> is calling you Steph, and she's oh high-fiving gosh. you. Like, how sucked into this uh, charity have you gotten? And yes. it was, it was. Um, uh, I'm realizing a you had to be there moment. No, I think that's that's a great story. Let's yeah. leave the awkwardness there at the end of it. <laughs> Let's let people really feel it. I'm real. While I was telling that, I was thinking, I bet Mike Birbiglia could have written that story out better than <laughs> I did. If that happened to you, or if I told you that story and we really got into it, you could have worked that story out. I think that what would make it a story mm-hmm. for the stage would just be to ask yourself the question, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. I think maybe exploring that because yeah. it it is a weird feeling when your wife or husband is interacting with someone in a way that is sort of shocking to you and you go like wait what what is, was, what happened and to find out she is a woman that Stephanie like it meant that Stephanie hung out with her for x amount of time to say I have kids, I have a spouse. Yeah. And, and Stephanie was high-fiving, which is something she doesn't do. Right. And the woman was calling her Steph. I, I, I miss so many beats. I am so off track. But as far as giving money and, and the sorry and the signing a petition, um, is that is, – do you feel like my advice kind of – I think your advice is fantastic. I mean – I would only build on that by saying my go-to when people approach me where I live in Brooklyn is just saying, like, I appreciate what you're doing, but I have to be somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. And which is almost always true because I'm walking almost always for transportation. Right. Yeah. But saying that is nice. I appreciate what you're doing. Or I'll look into the cause. Oh, sure. Sure. That could be a something good too, is to say I will look into the cause and what you are doing, but I am late for improv improv rehearsal. Improv rehearsal. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I was gonna say I've been a flyer handout person in my life. And yeah. one thing that might be helpful for her to know is that uh, it was just, you know, it was for my improv shows in my early 20s. I was in a group called Little Man. And uh, in Union Square, we'd hand out, you know, hundreds of these things. And a majority, a vast majority of people do not want to talk to you or interact with you. 
And after a while, it just it it's not personal. It doesn't feel as bad as it in some ways it does for the person rejecting you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, Nicole, write us back, handwritten, of course, <laughs> and let us know how that goes and if you've incorporated any of this stuff into your day-to-day. Mike? Yep. We've come to our final question, okay. and uh, it comes from Abby. This is what we refer to around here as a who boy. Who boy. <laughs> I know it. I know it all too well. Okay, Abby writes: A friend of mine from high school is releasing an EP, and he reached out to tell me that one of the songs is about me. He sent me a rough cut of the song, and it's pretty mean. It says that the memory of me is like a knife piercing at his core. That's not exactly my recollection of the situation. He's three years older than me and very involved in our community. I'm stressed because I'm coming home from college in a week and will almost certainly run into him. I'm not sure how or if to respond. This is a who boy in the way that it I can feel it for Abby. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a who boy to me personally. Right. And I think it has to do with maybe because I'm a comedian. Sure. And I think a lot of things don't really affect me maybe in in <laughs> sure. in ways like if somebody told me they wrote a song um and even if they said, "Hey, I wrote a song that's really mean about you." Yeah. I would think that was kind of funny. Right. Uh, I don't know how you would feel, Mike. I would think, oh, that's interesting, or that's funny. I think she should take some peace of mind in that the lyric itself, I think, is not that specific. Or not that mean, honestly, that their memory of you is like a knife piercing at his core. Right. Um, To me, that just, that doesn't sound mean. That sounds like you made a huge impact and effect Mm -hmm. on this person. And it sounds like this person had feelings for you, maybe. Would Mm -hmm. you? I think that's right. uh, Yeah. And so I think it's okay if if somebody feels that way about you. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't think it's mean. It just sounds like this person is is more so in pain. Yeah, and I think that the the self-expression of that lyric, to me, feels, and I don't know the situation, it feels honest to that person's experience, mm-hmm. and I don't, and it doesn't seem destructive to, to, to our caller's life, necessarily. Like, I wouldn't look at her and go like, oh, well, she, she's one of those people who always breaks your heart in this way that is mean. She's the one behind the knife piercing at his <laughs> core. I feel like with comedy, because we talk about these dark, dark things, right? Mm-hmm. That we try to find the humor in the dark thing. I think a lot of times we realize that, oh my gosh, this thing that we were so embarrassed to tell people, actually, they've experienced something. Everyone in the audience has experienced something like it. Maybe not the same thing. But a lot right. of people have experienced breakups or experienced, you know, deaths and, you know, to people, people close to them and, and illness and all these things that 
are devastating at the time, but actually people vocalizing it is more healthy than not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like also for him to reach out and send it to you is opening a door for a conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that if, if he meant harm, he probably would have named the song Abby and put it out without um, contacting you. But if somebody contacted me and said that, I would think, oh, this is a moment that's allowing for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, But I don't think people are going to hear this song and think about anything or be upset with Abby. Maybe we're missing the point, though. Do you think we're missing the point? I don't Mike, think we're or? missing the point. I think it can be shocking. I understand where uh-huh. Abby's coming from. It's uh-huh. shocking at first, certainly, yeah. when someone says, hey, by the way, I have the song about you. And you're like, whoa, what? You know, your gut reaction is like scared, I think. I, I, so yeah. I totally, I 100% get it. But I also think like. See, if somebody <laughs> said they had a song about me, I'd be like, oh, really? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> It says a knife piercing at my core. Maybe it's a death metal band. I always think of you, by the way, when I see country music billboards when I'm Mm -hmm. in the when I'm in the South, because I know you genuinely really like country music. I do. Yeah, I also love metal too. I'd probably like this guy's EP. Give me, (laughs) give me a, give me a copy. Yeah, send me a copy. (laughs) I'll decide if this is, uh, you know, let's play it. Let's play. Yeah, let's play it. All right. Abby, I say have a chat with this friend from high school. Sounds like he's got some uh, some unresolved feelings. And, you know, and if you don't care enough about him to have a conversation about unresolved feelings, then you certainly shouldn't spend a second caring about these lyrics in his in his song. Abby, I know to you it was a real who boy. It's a who boy. And we wish you... Nothing but the best of luck. All right, Mike, before I let you go, we have one last thing to do. It's a segment called Name That Thing. Name That Thing. This is the part of the show where people write in when they need us to name that thing for them. Anything from a houseplant to a Wi-Fi network. The catch is... (laughs) They must use the name. Okay. This is binding, so we can't mess it up. Okay. Are you ready, Mike? Okay. Okay. Cam writes, I am 27 years old and recently had to relocate from New York City to my parents' basement because of long COVID illness. I need help with my health, and I got a betta fish to keep me company along the journey. He is blue and purple with red fins, and has rainbow rocks, plants, and a yellow submarine in his aquaponic tank. What should I name my betta fish? (laughs) Um, Well, I feel like the obvious answer is Ringo. Oh, I like that. With the uh, yellow submarine. Oh, I love that. Ringo's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do we both guess or do we, is it, I mean, I well, think, you, I don't think I, I can beat that. I mean, you can come up with something and then we, we can decide, let's say I never mentioned Ringo and just keep in mind that, you know, this 
person named Cam. You know, I typically, I, I listen for any sort of little, you know, obviously trigger words, whether it's the name right. Cam or the age 27 or New York City, you know, the in the basement and health issues and beta fish and blue and purple and red fins and uh, rainbow rocks. Yeah. Is it, I, I'm curious, like, is this a type of fish that it causes you to have relaxation or something? I don't know. Um, I imagine most fish kind of cause relaxation. That's how I feel. I would I, love to have a, a fish tank and Stephanie hates fish tanks. <laughs> okay. Um, but I would love, I, in fact, you know what my dream is? Hmm. I would love to have an entire wall. Wow. Separating two rooms wow. as a fish tank. Wow. I respect that. that. Is what I would want. Wow. And I would love to sit and watch it like people watch TV or movies and just watch fish swim around. Stephanie, I really hope you're listening to this and that you'll reconsider <laughs> Tig's plan to separate two rooms of your home with a wall sized fish tank because it's such a good idea and such a. Um, a sort of a practical idea. Is it practical? <laughs> no, I'm making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, I want to say that Ringo, Tig's uh, naming of the fish Ringo, to me, is exciting gold. Oh. It's exciting gold. Okay. Or? No, no. I'm not going to say an or because I think it's exciting gold. I think it wins the prize. And I, all that I'll say is yes and... You call the fish Ringo, and then when someone says, what's your fish's name? You say, this is my fish Ringo. This is his solo work. <laughs> That's really good. That or, And ooh, you could also get another fishbowl, put extra fish in there, and say, <laughs> this is... The all-star band. Oh, my God. Because you know Ringo and his all-star yeah, band? Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, of course. Oh, my gosh. This is and the all-star band. Here's another, here, here's another option. You get a goldfish and call it Boring Gold. Oh, Boring Gold. Wow. Yeah. This... Because a betta fish just sits there. Wow. Boring Gold. And that's gold. real bo- Boring Gold. Well done. Ringo well, and Boring Gold. Yes. <sighs> Mike, that is the end. We've reached the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you're a, a busy human being on the planet with a family, a child, a career, and you're in your friend's house. <laughs> for the good internet. Yes. For the good internet. But I, Tig, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I love you. I love you. I love your work. And I love your work. I so appreciate you. Thanks for having me on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to promote into people's ears? People, uh, if they haven't found uh, my podcast, Working It Out, it is a real uh, true labor of love. And Tig's episode uh, is a perfect place to start. And uh, actually, another fun episode is the Conan O'Brien episode, which is really what a funny, funny human being that guy is. Yes. You discovered him, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When I was his intern. 
20 yes. years ago. I discovered him, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you, Mike. It was so great to see you and so great to have you on. Thanks for all of your boring gold. Thank you for your exciting gold. <sighs> oh, and the other thing I would love to plug is my book, which is called The New One, Painfully True Stories from a Reluctant Dad with Poetry from Jay Hopestein, my wife. It's a good uh, Father's Day gift. Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lohr. Our editor is Beth Perlman, executive producer Lauren D., engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani, digital production by Christina Lopez, talent booking by Marianne Ways, production support from Pizza Shark. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Brickell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Brickell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman, Lily Kim, and Alex Schaffert. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voicemail. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always... Thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. (laughs) 